because we're done on the semester doesn't mean we take a break from the Lord, you know? There's no break from Jesus because Jesus is always going, you know? He's always moving. He's always speaking. But who in here knows that summer, you know, it, it, summer's coming, and who in here has some summer plans? You know, I'm sure we all got some summer plans, whether students are going home or we got vacay or we don't. We have a staycation or you work, you know, welcome to adulthood. So, <laughs> no, but you're going to, summer is kind of like, for me, I don't know if you think of it either, especially for students, when the school year is done, summer is kind of like the start over time. It's like, oh, I'm transitioning out of this now. Now I get to start over. And it's inspiring to do some new things. It's like, I don't know, New Year's Eve 2.0. You know, it's like, okay, I get to start over and start something new. So have you ever tried starting something like that you knew was good for you? No. Somebody help Alan out. We're going to have to teach you some good things. No, but like, I don't know, like, whether, who in here has ever tried to say, I'm going to start eating healthy. I'm going to start working out. See, you have done good things, so don't tell me no, Alan. All right. Uh, Working out. How about a new hobby or skill? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I want to try knitting or I want to try gardening. This is not my preference. No, I'm just kidding. But you, I don't know what it is that you have picked to try to go for, but, you know, sometimes when you start doing this, you find yourselves, you start, you're super excited, and then all of a sudden, you start to slow down a little bit, and you're like, oh, like, can I really do this? You, you realize how much really, it, how much it takes to really knit, or to really garden, or to really learn how to draw, or learn an instrument, and you're trying, and you're super excited in the beginning, but then you start to get discouraged, right? You start to slow down, and then eventually you stop. I remember one year I wanted to start eating healthy. It was the new year, and I was like, I want to start eating healthy. So I, I, I am tr- I, I'm typically the type of person that will, I'm not just going to slowly get there. I'm super extreme. Like, I go cold turkey on things. Like, if I'm going to cut something, I'm going to cut it, you know, and I'm going to keep moving forward. So this year, this one year, I was like, I want to eat healthier by becoming a vegetarian for one month. I'm going to start the year of the month of January to be a vegetarian. I'm going to cut out meat. I'm just going to focus on vegetables and cook it really healthy. I, like, wrote a plan out. I meal planned. I wrote down vegetables that would take place of meat to make it taste really good. You know, eggplant, uh, mushrooms, and potatoes, and all this meaty stuff that is not really meat. But I was just writing it out, put a little plan, and day one, I was so excited, and I was going for it, and I only lasted one day. <laughs> because when I was doing this, I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I, I am such a meat eater, and I just cannot not eat meat. So I was just like, forget this. Like, I was like, start to slowly being like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll start incorporating maybe just like a little bit of chicken in this meal. I'm like, forget it. I'm just going to eat the whole thing. So it didn't last much longer than it. I don't even think it lasted a whole day. But whatever. I tried, and I'm just like, what was I thinking? But I don't know if you've ever been in that position where you're like, I really want to do this. And I'm just going to go for it. And we're super excited. And then we, we, when we start walking in it, 
it's like, it gets tough. And in the same way, with our relationship with the Lord, sometimes there are things that God tells us that it's like, I need you to start doing this. I need you to start changing this. I need you to start being consistent in this. And you're like, heck yeah, Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm on fire. I've been touched by the Holy Spirit. Somebody prophesied this over me. And then after the whole day, the next day you wake up, you're like, ugh, what do I do? I can't do this. And then we slowly, slowly start to get away from that thing that the Lord has told us to do. And so the summer, the reason why I'm talking about this is because it is the last um, wake of the, of the semester, you know, and there's this break um, in summer. And I've always known this, this trend in my life, but this trend in this generation where summer, any time of break of rhythm in what we're doing for the Lord, any time it happens, it brings such destruction to our, in our heart, in our life, and in this generation. And the summer is a time where you will be tested. I want you guys to, I'm just going straight to it, where the enemy is going to go after you this summer, you know? Students, it will, the enemy will not shut up in your life, and he will tell, tell you that Christianity, Jesus, is only just for school time, that since you're in summer, you could take a break. That's not true. Young, young adults, young professionals, you know, summer is here, and maybe we're going on vacation. Maybe we're not in, in um, the normal routine of our church, of our discipleship groups, and the enemy's going to say, it's okay, you could take a little break. You know, it's fine. But it's not fine, because that's exactly what the enemy wants us to believe. And when you go home, when, when we're not necessarily here in wake in our discipleship groups, the enemy knows we're a little bit more vulnerable. I'm not talking about church, like Encounter Church or Wake gives you that security. It's more so the, the rhythm that happens during the school year, during our normal time of wake, that once we're out of that, the enemy knows how to play tricks on you. And we got to be prepared. And we may not see what the enemy is doing right off the bat, but if we start letting our guard down, when we stop and slow down on the things that we've already been building up up until this point in our life, the enemy could sneak his way by into our life if we're not aware and if we're not doing something about it. The enemy will use times like that in the summer to discourage, discredit, and steer us away from God. He's going to tell you, oh, what happened in Wake last semester, how you, how you grew, how you were connected, how you were committed. Like, that was just last time. You know you're going to fall back into your sin. You know you're going to get disconnected and isolate and be in depression. The enemy is going to start saying these lies to you, but we need to prepare our hearts and stand our ground in this time of a break, you know? And so, as you see on the screen, I'm calling this sermon, Don't Quit. Don't quit. Galatians 6, 8 through 9, we're going to read this real quick. 
Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from the sinful nature, from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired. Say, don't get tired. Say, don't quit. So let's not get tired of doing what is what? Good. Don't get tired of doing what is? At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Let's just pray real quick. Father, we thank you so much for this time. I pray, Lord, that you will speak truth to us. I pray, Lord, that you will use these words that you have given me to to teach us and to help us continue to pursue you with all of our heart. I pray, Lord, that there will be no quitters here in the kingdom, but that there will be people who will prosper in your presence. And I pray, Lord, that we will be people who are pursuing you with all of our hearts. Open our hearts today and change us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Don't get tired of doing what is good. Don't get tired. And it's kind of going back to what I was saying earlier. It's like, you know working out is good for you. You know eating healthy is good for you. You know sleeping enough hours of the day and not just three hours or four hours a night is good for you. You know? You know these things are good for you. And what are the benefits of all these things? When you eat healthy, when you work out, when you sleep well, when you have healthy relationships, when you are consistent in your order and your schedule, what happens? There, there's health, there's joy, there's peace, there's um, direction, there's clarity in your mind. There's so many things that happen when you do the good things in life. But what about the good things in Jesus when we need to keep doing it no matter how hard it gets. I want to talk about what it means to quit. You know, sometimes we're always saying like, I don't know if any of us here, I doubt it, okay, but I don't think any of us will just be like, oh yeah, I'm a quitter. Or like, I I was made to quit. I'm just going to quit this. I'm going to quit what I like to do. I'm going to quit what I know I need to do. No, like, humanly speaking, we're naturally motivated to do something to succeed, but the enemy has twisted that so much, you know, because we are created in the image of God, and God is victorious, and God has given you victory because of what he's done on the cross, but the enemy wants to destroy every sense of victory in your life. He wants to destroy order. He wants to destroy um, clarity. He wants to destroy any of that, but I want to talk about what it really means to quit, and quit, not quitting doesn't just happen, okay? We don't, like, we don't just keep persevering just because it comes naturally. Like, quitting is easier than pushing through, right? But when, if we don't want to quit because of, the Bible says, don't stop doing what is good. Don't get tired of it. And it's not just like, okay, well, the Bible says that, and it's going to automatically be given to me. No, that's not how it is. It's something we have to do and something we have to replace. And so if you want to keep doing something that is good, if you want to not quit, not quitting requires something from us. 
It's not just like, I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to quit. It's more like, I don't want to quit, so I'm going to fight for it. We need to understand something worth not quitting is worth fighting for. But we have to fight for it. If you don't fight for, like for example, if, you, if I don't fight for my relationship with Rebecca in marriage, then it's just kind of like open season, open target. You know, the enemy's just going to come and attack and he's going to bring division. He's going to bring lies. He's going to bring brokenness. He's going to bring um, unfaithfulness. He's going to bring anything like that. But I have to fight for our relationship. We have to fight for each other's relationship. It's not just a one-way street. And when it comes to the Lord, we have to fight for our relationship with the Lord. We have to fight to, stay, to stand against the enemy in our life. So when we go into our vacation mode, when we go into summer, when we, get, we step out of routine and rhythm of wake and the rhythm of encounter church, whatever it is, we need to realize that the only way I'm not going to quit is when I'm going to keep fighting for it. Anything worth it is worth fighting for. Anything that has value is worth fighting for. But what we fight for kind of shows where our value is put. You know, you could totally fight for the wrong things. You know, you could totally fight for the sin that you don't want to give up. You could totally fight confrontation or correction. You could totally fight being committed to church, doing all these things. But there are three ways that we shouldn't get tired of doing this. I just want to give you some three, the three tips that I've learned what it means to, like, what not to give up on, what not to quit. And instead, we should be fighting for. These things don't just happen naturally. They're not just going to be like, if I don't do anything about it, it's just going to fall into my lap, and woo, I'm going to be a very strong Christian. I'm going to be following the Lord. I'm going to be fulfilling the purpose that God has given us. No, like, you have to fight for it. What is it what's that thing that you keep struggling for, with and that you keep dealing with, whether it's a practical thing or a spiritual thing? How hard are you fighting for it? And how hard are you fighting for it with the Spirit of God? So there are three ways. We're going to start with number one, obviously. But number one is don't get tired of reading the Word. I know you hear this all the time. It's like, oh my gosh, you're talking about the Bible again. It's like, of course I'm talking about the Bible again. Because this is your source of life. If you're not reading the Bible, you are missing out. If you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, and you are not disciplined in your reading of the word, then you are missing out of what God is really saying in your life. You are missing out on the truth. And when we don't fight for the word of God in our life, the enemy has us in the bag. He's like, ooh, the, big, the number one weapon that they have is not even, like, on them. So there are, they are vulnerable. They have nothing, so I'm going to go after them. And it makes, us, it makes it easier for us to believe lies, to fall into temptation, 
to fall into sin, to do all these things that are not of God. But reading the word of God is our source of light. Look, the spiritual consequences when we stop reading or when we don't read the Bible is equivalent to the physical consequences when we stop eating, when we stop drinking, when we have unhealthy eating habits or anything like that, you know? Like, believe it or not, it's like, well, I don't feel that bad if I don't, like, eat right or if I have only one meal or two meals a day or I'm always drinking soda or something like that. I don't know. You know, it's like, I don't feel bad, but internally, you're going to start to get worse and sick. And when we lack the word of God in our life, when we quit the word of God in our life, our spirit starts to rot. Our spirit starts to deteriorate. Our mind starts to crumble. Our heart starts to get weak. But the word of God is nutritional value for your spirit. It's what ha- it has all the vitamins from A to Z for your spirit. And you need to consume the word of God constantly, every day in your life. So if you're here today, you don't have to shout it out. You don't have to say it. But if you want to tell someone, you can. So you could get onto a plan. But you ask, answer this yourself. Do you read the Bible every day? No. Yes. Thank you for, if it's yes, no, whatever it is. You need to know that the word of God is your source of life. And if you said no, if you said yes, let the Holy Spirit come and convict your heart of what's next, of how you're supposed to move forward. I love you. You're just making me laugh, baby. Isn't she great? Isn't she great? If you didn't know, the word of God is our direct access to hearing the voice of God. Have you ever, like, said, I wonder what God says about this. I wonder what God's saying about this situation in my life. Read the word. Read the Bible. Then you're going to know exactly what God is saying. You won't know right away. You know, you won't know right I don't know about you, but if you read the manual of how to put something together, it's like sometimes I have to read it a couple times and be like, what does that mean? You know, it's like I read it again. It's like, oh, that makes sense. You know, like I know what to do here now. It's like I have to look for this piece. God will speak to you constantly if you keep reading the word of God. Don't try it once and think it's like, oh, I didn't get anything of that. I guess it's not working. Read every day. Keep doing it. And just so you know, Social media can never take the place of the word of God. Your friends can never take the place of the word of God. Your pastors, the podcasts, your church services can never take the place of the word of God. Only the word of God is the word of God. And and sometimes we think like, well, I don't need to get much here because I got my dose of the word of God last week. It's like, You need it every day. So I really encourage you guys to keep pushing. Here's a few scriptures that will help you understand what the word of God does in our life. And they're all from Psalm 119. 
I want you to know, if you haven't read Psalms, Psalms 119 is the biggest chapter of the book. And I've said this before, if you guys remember, it's all about the book of the Bible. It's all about the word of God. It talks about what the benefits are when you read it. So here are a few scriptures. Uh, Verse 37, it says, turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Anyone need direction in life? You need the word of God. Verse 133, guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by evil. When you are struggling with temptation, when you are struggling with an addiction or lies of the enemy, the word of God says, It is your guide for every step that you take so you will not be overcome by that evil. There is victory when you read the word of God. Verse 165, yes, there's 165 verses and it keeps going, okay? But this is the last one I'm going to read for the word of God. Those who love, say love, your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. Who needs peace today? We have to not just read the instructions, the word of God. We need to love reading the word of God. And it will change you once you make a decision like, I'm just going to love reading the word of God. Sometimes it's just a choice, not just sometimes, all the time. It's a choice of what you choose to love. You know, it's not just like, ooh, I get the butterflies and the happy feelings, rainbows and ponies and all this stuff in my heart when I love something. That's not true because feelings go up and down. It's a roller coaster, but it's a decision where you're going to put to that love. And it's so interesting that God says, love the instructions. So number one, don't get tired of reading the word. Don't quit. Don't quit it. Number two, don't get tired of carrying your cross. And what does this mean? Carrying your cross means dying to yourself. And I'm sure a lot of us here are not like, well, I'm just going to die to myself. I'm just going to live the walking dead. You know, it's not natural for us to be like, I just want to die to things. I just want to die in like to the things that I like to do, you know? And Dying to yourself means surrendering everything to the Lord. What's that thing that you, need, you are not dying to? As in like, basically, you have complete control of. But newsflash, you actually don't have control of it because when sin is in, is in our life, sin controls us. We cannot control the sin or the, the wrong things or the lies of the enemy in our life. And we're just like, okay it's like it's a little pet in the cage like I just let in and out whenever I wanted to wrong we're the ones in the cage we are the animals to the sin in our life and we need to be set free from that and we need to realize it's not as easy as just like getting out of it we need to carry our cross we need the truth of God in our life Luke 14, verse 25 to 33 says this a large crowd was following Jesus He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father, your mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. 
Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's a person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. And if he can't, he will send a delegation to dis uh, discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Oof. Let me read that again. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up some of the things you own. Right? No. You cannot become my disciple without giving up one thing that you own. No, it's everything. Everything you own. Well, Jesus, that's a little harsh, you know. That's a little too much for me to, to respond to. That's why he says count the cost. But you know what? What's interesting is when we say yes to the Lord, when it comes to our life, giving him everything, repenting, realizing what he's done on the cross for us, he gives us everything that we need in order for us to give up everything that we own. Humanly speaking, it's hard to just give it all up, to, to die to ourselves. But that's why we need Jesus and when we've said yes to him, we need to understand it requires our whole life. It requires all our desires. It requires all that we own, all our future plans, all our decisions. But he gives us everything that we need in order to fulfill that, in order to give it up. So living for Jesus requires death to our selfish ways. And when it says carrying the cross, it's doing the tough things. And not pointing it out on anyone, but if the shoe fits, gladly put it on. But we're in a generation where whenever there's tough things, like nobody wants to handle it. Like, oh, when life gets tough, you know, it's not fair, you know. I should be able to do this. I should be able to just have this done for me, you know? Like we're in this generation where we're, 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 we're entitled to what we think we deserve. But on the contrary, the kingdom of God is completely opposite. It's not what we deserve. It's what Jesus deserves. And he deserves all of us. He deserves our whole life. And it requires us to do the tough things which a.k.a. carrying our cross. Few examples is don't stop rejecting the lies of the enemy. I don't know what the enemy is telling you. Maybe he's saying you're worthless or no one likes me or I'm, I'm never going to overcome this temptation or this lie or I'm so insecure. I don't know what it is that you are dealing with, what the enemy is lying to you, but you have to constantly reject and reject and reject and reject 
but boy, is that tough work, you know? Like, I've been there where mentally, in my, my head, in my heart, it's tough to just keep saying, I don't believe that, you know? But then there'll be moments where I catch myself, I'd be like, that might be true. But I have to be like, wake up, don't do that, and continue to reject the lies of the enemy. Why? Why do we do, why, why is it that we tend to just, like, relax in the lies of the enemy? Because it's easier. It's easier just to believe in the hard things. It's like, ugh, you're right. I do suck. You know? Nobody likes me. I can't do this. I'm always going to struggle with this sin in my life. But the tough thing, the hard thing, is to keep rejecting. But that's part of carrying our cross. But when we carry the cross, that's where the power is. Because when we die, God brings to life our spirit. He brings things to life. With, life cannot happen without the death of something. It's the theme throughout the Bible. Eternal life could not have happened without the death, death of a perfect, sinless person. Who was that? Jesus. He had to die. Things to be fixed or right in our life, the animals had to be perfect to die. In order for harvest to, to bloom and to sprout and to grow, the seed has to die. So when we die to ourself, we are welcoming life into us. So don't stop rejecting the lies of the enemy. Also, don't stop following the convictions of the Holy Spirit. He's going to con continue to convict your heart. This semester, this past year, he's been convicting your heart and teaching you how to be holy, how to pursue him, how to be pure. Don't ignore that in the summer. Be close to the Holy Spirit and let him speak to you. Keep running this race. You guys could do it. You guys really can do it. So don't Stop, don't quit on dying to yourself. Don't get tired of carrying that cross. And I will tell you, imagine physically carrying that cross. It's going to get tiring. But we can't just drop it. We can't just live it. It's a, that's an imagery of what it's going to look like, dying to ourself. But you have the strength because of Jesus. When we are weak, he is strong. So, number one, don't get tired of reading the word. Number two, don't get tired of carrying your cross, dying to yourself. And number three, don't get tired of being rooted. And I know this is interesting. It's like, what does this have to do with anything? But um, the Lord spoke to me that this is a time in the summers where we start to question all the things that God has spoken to us in the year. And there's been many times when I've, as long as, like, even me, when I was in college and up to this point, like, I've seen many people that have dedicated their life in that semester or that year, and then I don't see them ever again. Not because they moved, it's just because they stopped pursuing the Lord. They stopped coming to church, they stopped coming to our small groups, you know? And I'm just, like, wondering, it's like, man, like, God did so much to them this past semester or this, this last year, like, what's going on? Like, I didn't see them anymore. And then you try to reach out to them, and they're like, eh, I'll try to go, or eh, I'll try to make it. It's like, and then, like, spirals down, and then I never see them again. 
you know, it's like, God, like, I, I don't want to see that happen. But it's because they weren't rooted. And I think what God is saying here, is he, he, he's basically saying to be planted. And there's a story in the Bible that helps me understand what this is, and that's in Ruth. Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. And so if you're on the DBR, we're actually reading Ruth. So what a coinkadink. Ruth 1, 16, it says this. Well, before I read it, just a little backstory of it. Ruth um, was a Mo- is a Moabite woman and married, uh, was married, and, and basically this lady who is her mother-in-law named Naomi, her husband died. She had two sons who married two Moabite women, one of which was Ruth, and then both sons died, and it was just the, it was just, um, the two um, sis, uh, yeah, sisters and then the, the mother-in-law, Naomi. And basically, Naomi's like, you should go back to your family because there's nothing here for you. Like, I know, like, you want, because they want to be married and have kids to continue the family line. But they're like, she's like, you should go and fulfill that somewhere else. And so one of the sisters left, you know, they all cried and they all said their farewells and then one of them left. But Ruth basically said this uh, in verse 16. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Ruth is a perfect example of what it means to be rooted. Why? Because she still, her life was not done just because she lost her husband, she could continue her life and her desires of being married and to have kids and to continue her family line by going back, going somewhere else. But she did something unorthodox. She did something that's a little different, and she just decided to stay. And basically, she stayed where she was, where it seemed like you know, there were other voices in her head or other people saying, you should go somewhere else. You should do something else and stuff like that. She could have ran away to get married again since, you know, her chances were slim if she stayed. But her not running to see what is next allowed her to find what she really needed there. And a little, uh, like, just so you guys know the end, if you don't mind me break, like, spoilers, spoiler alert for the book of Ruth, that she's actually, like, if she left, she would not have been graciously added to the family line of King David and all down to Jesus. So she was, well, she was, her decision to stay rooted blessed her. And what am I saying? It's like, you're never going to move, you're never going to leave. No, we got to check our heart. Why do we want to leave? Why do we want to move? Why do we want to not do what's to, like something today and just focus on tomorrow? The thing is, don't live for tomorrow. You know? You need to, if you want to, the way you live should be you live for tomorrow by living today, focused. Okay? Like, the thing is, if you live for Jesus tomorrow, and what I'm trying to say is, if you go home and you're just like, well, that was great. Like, that's done. I, I, I want to, like, I start to get discouraged. I start to do these things. And so it's like, I want to do something else now. Or I want to, like, 
did they really like me? Were they real? Did they really care for me here? Or was it just like all a lie? You know, like all these things could play into the into fact for us to be like, I just want to stop being rooted, you know? But the thing is, like, if we miss, if we live for Jesus tomorrow, we, we miss Jesus today. And what I'm saying is we need to be people who are willing to go through it all, no matter where we're put in life. Sometimes we're here and we're like, God, am I supposed to be here? Am I supposed to do this? I just want to move. I just want to do this. I can't wait to do this. I start to forget where I'm at, and I miss everything that God is doing. And what I'm saying is that don't get tired of being rooted, as in, like, don't get tired where you're at. Because in the summer, the enemy's going to give you everything, every lie that's going to cause you to be like, where you were, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, it's okay, go find someone else. Go find something else because they're going to care about you more. They're going to do this better. You're going to blah, 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 all these things. But don't get tired of being planted because I don't know if you, going back to the garden, gardening, like, imagery, didn't mean to do this, but when you garden, when you plant a flower, you don't just, like, uproot it and then put it somewhere else just because you feel like it. Why? Because that's going to eventually just kill the plant. But what you do is you leave it there for the roots to grow. Why? Because there's a source of life once the roots grow deep. And Ruth was a perfect example of that because she's like, I could easily just do whatever I want now that I'm kind of off that expectation of being married and it's like, whatever, I could go. But she chose to stay and the Lord blessed her. So don't get tired at where you're at just because it doesn't look like how you want it to be. Just because you're still struggling with that, that, that lie or that, that sin in your life. Just because it wasn't comp- uh, finished or away from you doesn't mean God wasn't moving here. It means God still has something for you. And I'm not just saying here, stay at this church, stay awake. No, but stay planted, stay connected where you're growing. And I've been seeing you guys, each one of you, growing in here, growing where you're connected, growing where you're committed. So don't get tired of being committed. Don't get tired of being rooted. And when the summertime comes and all these things, don't get tired to fight for being planted or being rooted. It's not just going to happen. You have to fight for it to stay connected to stay in communication, to stay together, to pray together, to do things together. And God has powerful things when we stay rooted in a place that God has called us to be. Don't be too quick to figure out what's next. Find Jesus where, you're, where you are. And I just feel like, before we end here, I just feel like there's some people here that just feel like, oh man, I can't wait to for this next thing in my life because it's going to be better than now. But the thing is, when you get there, if you keep thinking that way, you're going to think of that again. Once you're there, it's like, oh, man, it's only if I could just, once I'm here, if only I could just at least get this step up or be serving in this capacity or get this job or this promotion or this much money. And then you get that, and then you're like, oh, I'm not going to be 
good yet until I, I'm actually here now. Until It's going to be a cycle of wishing the next step, but then we're forgetting and missing what God has today. Don't get tired of reading the word. Don't get tired of carrying your cross. And don't get tired of being rooted. And I am just encouraging you guys, like, if you are getting weak in any of these areas, you know, if you're like, I'm not good with my, of fighting for the word of God in my life. I'm not good, I'm not fighting for carrying my cross and dying to myself. I'm not fighting to stay rooted, to stay planted here. You know, it's time for you to be strengthened by coming to the fountain. God is your source. Jesus is your source. And I just wanted to encourage you guys that as this summer does come, you know, that that doesn't mean you can't keep moving forward just because the routine is a little off. You know, just because we're not meeting weekly, just because we're not having our monthly service, just because we're not doing our normal routine with each other, with Wake, with Encounter Church, doesn't mean you're going to fail. Doesn't mean it's time to stop. It doesn't mean it's time to quit. And I wanted to challenge you guys with something. And I think we actually have it on screen too. But there's uh, three challenges that I wanted to give you guys to do over the summer uh, regarding each one of these um, points, basically. The first one is stay on track with your DBR, which is your daily Bible reading. So, in other words, I would like for you guys to have accountability in this. You could totally write this down. You could snap a picture of this on the screen. But I really encourage you guys to do this because this is what's going to help you stay connected because when we are not connected to the body of Christ, when we are not in communication or in community with each other, we start to get weak and we start to die because we need each other. So stay on track with your daily Bible reading and have accountability on it. Talk to someone. If you're not on a Bible plan, talk to your discipleship group leader and they could tell you what plan we're doing as a church and just jump on it and get the word of God in your spirit, in your heart, in your life. The second thing I do encourage you guys to do is to text your discipler every week. Stay in communication with them. Text your friends that are in your discipleship group. Why? Because when you're gone and separated, again, it's like you just start to get weaker and weaker. You know, a few things you could text them about or just stay in communication is talk about your struggles and say, hey, I'm, I'm dealing with this still. Pray for me. Or just get updates. Hey, I got that job for the summer. Woohoo! Or it's like, I, I'm got the class that I'm supposed to go in this coming uh, fall. I'm so excited. Share your life together because it's going to be like you guys never left, you know? So I encourage you guys to do that. And the last thing, if this is possible, keep serving at church during the summer. Don't quit serving just because wake is over. Keep serving at church during the summer. Get plugged in. If you're not serving and you're able to serve, ask and find out how you could get, how you could start serving more, how you could serve over the summer. Why? Because you're going to continue to die to yourself in that way by serving. So stay on track with your daily Bible reading. Text your discipler every week and keep serving at church during the summer. These are practical advice, but 
I think when, when we do take time, as we end here, when we do take time to just focus on God every day in our life, our life will continue to grow, will continue to flourish, and will continue to change and be transformed. And I just feel that when we enter into summer, God is saying, fight for your relationship with me.